Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. I want to welcome you to Believer's Church on this Labor Day weekend. I'm so excited that you're here. And I had the privilege of finishing up a series that I titled Life with the Holy Spirit. And in lesson one of this series, it kind of explained what this whole series is about. And I wanted you to walk out of lesson one, never forgetting this truth. God lives in you to help you. And the you is the Christian. If you're a Christian, God actually lives inside of you. It's God the Holy Spirit. And remember, he's as much God as God the Father, as Jesus, God the Son. He's God, and he's living inside of every Christian in this room. And if you're not a Christian, this is another incredible reason to accept Christ, become a Christian, because God lives in you to help you. And I wanted to show you practical ways that he wants to help you in everyday life, but yet they're spiritual at the same time. And in lesson two, I brought out this incredible truth, God lives in you to teach you. And every Christian can understand the Bible as as good as I do. I have a gift to teach it, but I don't have an extra gift to understand it. I have to understand it the same way that you do. And God the Holy Spirit lives in us so we can understand the scriptures. In lesson three, I pointed out this incredible truth, God lives in you to direct your steps. And this was probably the most impacting lesson and here's how I know I had person after person come up to me in the lobbies after the service and they say it's always good but this changed my life it impacted it it, you can't under you can't even begin to believe what it did and I heard person after person so it's always a good time for me to remind you we have smartphone apps we have iPad apps we have our website believers.cc you can re-listen to any of these for free so encourage you to either re-listen or listen for the first time if you missed it. And in lesson four, I brought out this incredible truth that God lives in you, the Christian, to purify you. Purification is real cool. It's God showing us what sin is, but then God giving us the strength not to do it. And if you grew up in traditional Christianity, we found out what sin was, but then we we tried with our own effort and we white knuckled it and we tried not to do it but but we really struggled and what god wants us to see and understand is he'll show us what's sin he'll make it real to us this is wrong you shouldn't do it but then he'll give you the strength not to do it and this was equally as impacting had a ton of comments on this one today i get to finish it out and i'm really excited about today because today connects with every one of us in this room because every one of us in this room have gone through some hard, difficult times. And during those times, we've wondered, can I make it to the end? Can I survive? And I want to open up with a story that I can just paint a picture with the rest of this sermon. Uh, And it goes back many years. Uh, I went on a fishing trip on Lake Erie with a bunch of friends. And uh, it was one of those days where we probably shouldn't have went out but you know how you plan it? You take your day off, and it's like, well, we, we did all the planning. Let's just do it. The waves were crazy, and it looked like it was going to rain, but we went ahead and went out. We went out about 30 miles or so, and one of my closest friends, still one of my closest friends, he was on staff at the time. Now he pastors a church in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. His name's Ted Sad. Ted's not only intelligent, but he's one of the funniest people I ever met. But Ted became sick, seasick right away, and he's hanging over the boat, and he's feeding the fish just continuously. Well, because of our relationship, I grabbed some fried chicken we brought 
for lunch and I start eating it right next to him saying would you like a piece of chicken and I'm telling him how good it is and teasing him at the highest level and all of a sudden it hit me and I became seasick and I don't know if it was the chicken or God paying me back I don't know what it was but now I'm seasick and I'm hanging over and I'm feeding the fish with Ted and it's ugly and uh, so here we are we're seasick someone else became seasick the guy that owned the boat he had the radar looking for fish and he said there's no fish out here you guys are so sick it's gonna pour he said let's get back in in it took us over an hour to get back to shore and it was the worst ride of my life I've never had a ride that bad because they're trying to protect Ted and I and we're sitting trying to block us but the wind and the water are just splashing at us and we're both dry heaving in a paper bag. And that's the most awful thing in the world. It's, it's just dry heave after dry heave. We're as seasick as can be. That ride seemed like it took eight hours. And when we finally docked and we got to shore, I jumped out of the boat. I, I ran to the ground. And immediately it all left me. But I knelt down and I kissed the ground. I was like so happy for where I was at. And here's why I share this story. Sometimes life, and the troubles and the problems that we walk to, through can seem like it, it was for me on that boat. I mean, it's like, will this thing ever end? The waves are banging and they're knocking you around. Uh, I was seasick, and sometimes we're seasick, so to speak. And it's like, I don't know if I can take another day. I don't know if I can take another hour of this problem, this situation that I'm in. And here's what I want to do today. I want to help you understand and some of you know this so I'm going to just encourage you to keep going for it but for others I want to help you understand that you can be in the middle of a storm and not be seasick God can give you the strength so you're not seasick and and you can you can weather storms and actually still enjoy life and I want you to walk out of here today never forgetting this truth God lives in you to strengthen you and I want to talk about how God wants to help us by giving us this strength that comes inside. It's, it's an incredible strength. And uh, we can be on that boat but not have the dry heaves. And Pastor Bill, who's still on staff here, he's such a wonderful man. He was on that trip, and you can ask him. He didn't become seasick, so uh, he had to ride on the front of the boat, and it just beat him up all the way home. But he took that ride, and he didn't have the dry heaves. And really, God wants to do that for every single one of us in this room and I know I'm looking at a group of people that have been through some things some of you are going through some things all of us will go through some things in the future and it's just important to understand that when the storm takes longer than we want it to God lives in us to strengthen us and he wants to give us a strength where we can handle it actually enjoy life and keep going forward here's a scripture it's one of my favorites and it's in the book of Isaiah and it reads like this, Isaiah 41.10, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I want to encourage all of you to write this down or uh, you know, keep it on your smartphone or whatever. And whenever you go through trouble this is a great verse to read and remind yourself uh, notice what it says here God says I will strengthen you and I will help you and then I love this description 
I'll take my right hand and I'll grab you and I'll help pull you through the most difficult times. And another story comes to mind, and I'm going to share it because I want you to remember this uh, incredible, incredible picture that's in Isaiah 40 for, for, for the rest of your life. I, I don't want you to forget it. This goes back to my honeymoon. And Gina and I, we honeymooned in Ormond Beach. Uh, we didn't have much cash, and so we go to Ormond Beach, and it's, it's my first time in Florida. I had never been at the ocean. I had never been to Florida. I'm 24 years old, and I'm really excited. And it's right near Daytona Beach. And one of the things that fascinated me was I, I saw cars driving on the beach. So when we would go to the ocean, we'd have to you know, make sure no cars were driving by. And that, I just thought that looked so fun. And we had some great days. And one day we decided let's go visit St. Augustine. It's the oldest city in the United States, and we thought that would make a fun day. So we did that and had a great time, ate dinner afterwards, and now we're ready to get on the road. It's about 55 miles north of where we were, and I had an idea. It, sometimes we have ideas that aren't the greatest. And I said to my wife, I said, Gina, I said, what do you say we take a romantic ride back and we ride on the beach? We just drive on the beach. She said, are you sure? I said, yeah, they were doing it in Daytona. So I find a way to get into the beach. It's already dark. And we go down this pretty steep road. And as we're just going onto the beach, there's a sign that says no vehicles. And my wife, is she's letter of the law. So she, she said, did you see that sign? I said, yeah, but I'm sure it's there for the daytime. This is nighttime. We're okay. And uh, so I did what a lot of guys do. And, and I'm on the sand, maybe 100 yards into it, and, and our rental car's stuck. And so I'm doing the back and forth. I'm rocking it, trying to get it out. And the more I did that, the more stuck it became. So then I put Gene in the driver's seat. I said, I want you to just push the gas just a little bit. And I'm pushing with every bit of strength I have. And I'm in incredible shape at the time, 24. And I'm just pushing, and I'm pushing. And I got to a point to where I could push no more. And, and I didn't budget an inch. So I, I, I said to Gina, I said, there's houses up there. I said, let's go see if we can call somebody. This is before cell phones. So I figured I'll go to one of the houses. And we got up there. They're all fenced in. So I jumped the fence. And uh, Gina's, Gina's on the beach side, but I'm on inside their property. Beautiful pool and all this stonework. It was gorgeous. And I begin to walk towards the door. And this dog comes running around the corner. He, he was a big dog, just really big. And, and I had always thought this through in my mind. If a dog ever attacks me, a big dog, I'm going to use my left hand because I'm right-handed. I'm going to try to get him at the throat, and then I'm going to do some damage with my right hand. And I have it all planned out. But I thought of doing that, and then the thought crossed my mind, I'm trespassing. This is his house. And so I saw a tree, and I jumped into the tree, and I just got in before he took a bite out of me. And Genus on the other side of the fence screaming, just screaming, honey, you okay? You okay? I said, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then this guy comes busting out of the back door of the house and he has a handgun and he looks at me, he goes, what are you doing on my property? I'm like, sir, sir, sir. I said, do you see the car there? I said, I got my car stuck in the sand. So he looks at the car. He looks at Gene on the other side of the fence. He looks at me in the tree and he just busts out laughing. He just laughs. laughs. He's laughing his head off. He said, how stupid do you have to be to drive on the sand? And I said, sir, I saw it in Daytona, and he said, you don't do that here. And, and I said, I made a mistake. I said, could, could I call a 
can I call a tow truck company? He says, I'll do it for you. He goes, go wait by your car. So he didn't want to become friends or anything. So I go wait by my car, and, and here's the other side of it. But it was almost getting close to high tide, and I could see the tide mark. It was on the other side of my car. So I had less than an hour or so before the car was just overtaken with water. So finally the tow truck comes, and it was amazing. They stayed on the road, and they had this hundreds of feet of cable. They hook it up to the car, and they begin to pull, and within seconds they just pulled that car up to the road. It was amazing. And, and as I stood there, I was amazed at how easy it was and how hard I pushed, and I couldn't do a thing, but it just pulled it up. And here's what I want you to see. I want you to remember this image, not the image of me in a tree screaming like a girl. <laughs> Don't remember that one. Not the handgun coming out. Um, remember this image of the tow truck, and, and that's how God is, man. God stretches forth his right hand. He grabs a hold of you when you're going through the toughest times that you can ever imagine, and he helps with his strength to pull you right through it. And I want you to walk out never forgetting God lives in you to strengthen you. That's some help, man, that we all need because life comes at us fast and life comes at us hard sometimes. I don't care who we are, and we're going to need some help. Now, the Apostle Paul, he had more trouble than anyone on the planet. Here's why. He was designated by God to write nearly three-quarters of the New Testament. So he wrote nearly three-quarters with God's help, of course. And the enemy hated him. So he had a special messenger assigned to him. So this guy had all kinds of trouble. And I want to show you something he said in the book of Philippians about trouble. And it's pretty cool. It reads this way, Philippians 4.10. He says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. And this isn't just about lack and money, but here's a key phrase, and we're going to see it again. I have learned. This is something we don't know by birth. It's not instinctive. We have to learn it. And, and I want to help all of us make sure we know it and we're practicing it. Listen to the next verse. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And, and I love the way he says this. I have learned the secret. There's a secret. The secret is learning to tap into God's strength. God lives in us to strengthen us. And one of the most famous verses in all the Bible is next. It's the next verse. It's an incredible verse. And many of us have quoted it. Many of us have declared it. Many of us have heard others declare it. And it goes like this, verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. For those of you that are older, when I started out in Christianity, we read the King James Bible. So I memorized most of my scriptures in King James because that's how I heard it first. And King James goes this way, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Paul says the secret is I learned to tap into the strength of God. I learned how to turn the switch on to get God's strength. And there's a switch that we, we just learn to turn it on and we turn that switch on and then God's able to do some incredible things in our life. Um, I, I, I had a new Harley given to me. It wasn't new, but it was new to me. At the beginning of the year, riding, and, and it, it, it was riding a little choppy, so I had work done on it at the Harley dealership. 
they tuned it up and cleaned the carburetor, did all those things. And so it was a Monday, the sun was out, and I'm really excited, guys, just really excited. And I pulled the choke out. It, it still, you know, it, it, it had the choke instead of electronic uh, fuel. And uh, I did everything, started perfect, running phenomenal. And I'm going down the drive, and it stalls out. It just sputters out. So I'm at the bottom of my drive, and some neighbors happen to drive by, and I'm like, hello, you know. And uh, I keep trying to start it, and it's just, it just won't start. The, 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 the starter is working, but nothing, there's nothing there. I'm pulling the choke, putting it back in, and finally I called the Harley dealer, and those guys had to laugh at me that day because I called them, and I said, hey, uh, I said, you, you guys just fixed this. You tuned it up, and I can't get it started. And, and I'm telling him my problem, and he's giving me some ideas, and uh, I just said, it won't start. And so he said, let it sit 15 minutes and let's try it again. He says, if it doesn't start, I'll send my truck, no charge, and I'll bring, it, I'll bring it here to fix it. So I'm sitting there on my front yard, the grass. I'm looking at this bike, and then I had a thought. And on this bike, I always shut the fuel line off when I turned it off. So I started it and forgot to turn the fuel line on, which means it had a little fuel in it, but no more fuel. And so the reason it stalled out is because I had the fuel line turned off. So now I feel really, really dumb. So I just open up the fuel line. It starts like beautifully. And then I, I turn it off and I call the Harley guy. And I said, I got to be honest with you. And I said, you guys are probably going to laugh over lunch over this. And I told him what happened. We both laughed. But here's why I shared the story. God's strength is just a switch away. And if you, just, if you can learn the secret of turning that switch on, changes everything my bike was in perfect condition it just needed some fuel and god has some fuel he wants to get to us that sometimes we just don't understand how to get it so sometimes we think the best way to get it is just god get this problem off my back and and you know what sometimes we need the problems uh, we need delivered and god does deliver us and save us and rescue us but you know sometimes the problems just last longer than we want them to and sometimes we just want those problems gone now, the Apostle Paul, I told you a little bit about him, and uh, he had a bad day. We all have bad days. His, his uh, you can ex understand why he did. I mean, the guy was shipwrecked a couple times, uh, bitten by poisonous snakes. This is all the enemy just coming at him. Um, he was beaten. Today, the equivalent of what he was beaten with would be an aluminum bat. Can you imagine how hard that would be? He was beaten multiple times. He was beaten with whips. He was chased out of towns. And one day, he just got tired of it all. And all of us have had some problems. So I'm sure there have been some days possibly in our lives. I know I've had some. And he said to God, he said, would you get these problems off my back? He said, I'm tired of them. And this is where he learned the secret. This is when he learned it. He said, get these problems off my back, God. And God shared something with him that all of us need to know. God does want to rescue us. But sometimes, you know, if you're living for God, you will have problems just hit you over and over. And sometimes we're in them a little longer than we want to be. So God gave him this, this incredible understanding. And I, I want to read this understanding to you. Um, it, it's found in, in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 in verse 8 and it goes like this three different times i begged the lord to take it away each time he said my grace 
is all you need. And grace is God's ability that supersedes our ability. It's his strength. He says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. And I'll come back and explain a little bit. Listen to how it reads on. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. That sounds, doesn't that sound odd, to boast about your weaknesses? So that the power of Christ, God's strength, God's ability can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. Again, sounds odd. And in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He learned a secret. And at first when you read this, it, it doesn't seem to make sense. But I want to do my best to help you understand it. Listen to what he says. He says in verse 9, My grace, this is God speaking, my ability to supersede your ability is all you need. My power, which would be the grace, the power, the ability, works best in weakness, or it works at its highest level in weakness. Now here's what weakness is, guys. Weakness is when I was pushing that car and I used every bit of strength I had and I couldn't get it out. I was at my wit's end. I, I, I had no more ability. It's when we hit the wall and we say, I don't have anything left to fight this thing. That's our weakness. And Paul's making a statement here. He changed the way that he looked at trouble. Remember, he's asking God, get rid of all my trouble. God says, listen, listen. Trouble is an opportunity for me to show up and do incredible things. So instead of asking me to get rid of your trouble, God can't get rid of your trouble. We live in a world that's messed up, so we're always going to have trouble. We have an enemy that hates us. We're always going to have trouble. And he said Jesus had trouble come at him. We're all going to have trouble come at us, but God wants to buffer us in it. And he's saying to Paul, change your attitude. Here's an attitude change. You guys ready? Let's turn that switch on. Attitude change. God's saying, hey, the next time you have trouble, your attitude should be, this is an opportunity for God to show up and give me some strength and do something really, really incredible. And that's what he's saying here. That's why he says at the end of verse 10, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. And this is an incredible secret. I've watched it over the years. It's one of the most fascinating things in all the world to me. Um, because, you know, 30 years of pastoring, I've helped walk people through some tough times. And I think one of the toughest times I've walked people through, and it's happened so many times, is when somebody they love dies out of timing. So I've done the funerals for babies and for children. And I don't know of anything more sad, more difficult in all the world to walk through. I've never walked through it personally, but I've watched people walk through it. And I would come home from the funeral, I'd come home from the visits, before the funeral, and I would just look at my wife and I'd say, honey, I've taught on the grace of God, but I'm watching it now. And I said, I'm looking at these people saying, I don't know how they're doing it. I just look at them thinking, I don't know. If, if that happened to me, I'd fall apart. But yeah, I would. <laughs> my power wouldn't have, I wouldn't have the ability to handle it. But what I was witnessing is in their weakness, they became strong. I saw God's grace on them. And I've watched people not only go through that, the funeral, but I've watched them go through the first year, the second year, and I've just watched the strength of God. And I've watched other people not tap into it, and I've watched them not be able to draw on that strength. And really, it's just that switch, man. It's just that switch. And I think sometimes uh, we just don't understand. The first part of turning it on is realizing, hey, 
when you're at the end of your wits, God has some strength for you, baby. He has something to give you that's beyond your strength. And it's just a matter of saying, I'm going to just turn the fuel line on here and get this strength coming into my life. So I came up with my three things uh, that you and I can do to tap into God's grace. And the first one's really interesting. We have to settle the fact that God loves us and he's not mad at us. And you know what? This is a huge deal for so many Christians because I've been in the middle of tough times and, and I've had the thoughts hit me, maybe God's judging you. And I, I know the Bible teaches he doesn't do that, but I've still had the thoughts hit me. Or maybe this is because you made a mistake and this is your fault. And sometimes things do happen to us that are our fault. But you begin to question, does God love me? If he loved me, would this happen? If God, if you really love me, would this happen? And the bottom line is, hey, we live on a cursed earth. We live with human beings that make mistakes. And so all kinds of crazy things happen. And God doesn't have anything to do with them. But God's up in heaven saying, I'd like to help you walk through that. And sometimes we're just, we get mad at the wrong person. And, and we should look to God and say, hey, I need your strength. So I thought it would be good and cool to read a section of scripture that talks about this. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 reads this way. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? This is Paul. He was through all kinds of hell. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Now think about it. How many times have some of us been in problems and we question God? What's wrong? Don't you love me anymore? Where are you at? And this is an incredible section of scripture. Listen to how it reads on. He says in verse 36, as the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. He's quoting an Old Testament verse, and all it means is this. Christians will be persecuted and have trouble in this life just like everybody else does. And he says in verse 37, no, no, God still loves you, man. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then I love what he goes on to say, verse 38. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons. These are the big hitters, man. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to think about this. God's saying this. Here, here's the translation to the end, last verse. If I gave my son to die for you, how can you ever question my love, man? My love's revealed in the fact I gave my son to take your place so you can spend eternity with me. And I think you and I have to settle this in our minds and not blame God. Man, settle it in your mind. God is on your side. If you don't see that, you won't turn the switch on. Here's the second thing I've learned. It's a secret. Uh, do what you know to do. <laughs> Here's a verse, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. I could have picked a million verses, guys. The reason I picked this is there is sometimes things we can do. So in this case, you know, take out the sword of the Spirit, use your authority, and, and, and take authority. 
over the enemy when he's coming at you. Pray, ask God to become involved. I mean, that's, that's a good thing to do. And then do everything you can. Uh, I, I love what the Bible declares in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, don't be drunk with wine, wherein are all kinds of problems. But it says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts unto God. Why does God encourage us to do that, to fill up on him? I like to say to saturate ourselves with him because that will help our emotions and that will bring God's life into our presence. So I always like to say to people, secondly, do everything you know to do. So when I'm going through really tough times, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll just not, I'll, I'll take it up a couple notches. I'll put a worship music on all the time. I'll just listen to worship songs, like the four songs we sang today at the beginning. And, and that just releases God's life and God's presence. So I'll do that. I'm spirit-filled. I was spirit-filled the same day I accepted Christ. So I'll pray in the spirit. You know, the Bible says when you pray in the spirit, you literally fill up your, your battery and it energizes me. And yet, I have done all those things at times and the storm is so crazy, I'm still dry heaving. <laughs> and, and that's when I need to say, God, I'm going to talk about the third point. I need some extra help. And by the way, if you're not spirit-filled and you want to learn more about it, we have a connect group coming up in September. You can hook up. You can go through some classes. You can learn about it. It's, it's been an incredible benefit in my life. But there still are times, man, when I'm stuck in the sand and I can't get out. And number three, so simple, ask God to release his grace in you and in others. You just pray and say, God, I need power that I don't have. And that's that switch. That's the switch, the fuel line. You just say, God, I need some power I don't have. And isn't it interesting? It's as easy as a prayer. Um, let me read a verse to you. This is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul's praying for people in Ephesus, and he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through your spirit. That inner strength is the fuel we need to walk through the storms. It's so we don't dry heave. It's, it's that arm reaching forward and pulling us out. And here's what's cool, guys. We can ask God for it. I, I love when it's as simple as saying, give me some grace. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Give me some grace, God. And God says, I will flood you with it. He says, I have unlimited grace that I can put into your life. And this is really cool for us that are parents and grandparents. Uh, there have been times when I've watched my kids walk through tough situations. And as a parent, you always have that desire to rescue your kids. And my wife deals with that more than me because that's more the mother, motherly instinct. And there have been times where one of our children are going through a really hard time and, and she'll want to intervene and help. And, uh, and I'll just look at her and say, honey, let's just pray for them. Uh, this will make them stronger. This is like the chick breaking through the egg to be born. This is good for them. And you and I can pray and say, God, fill our kids with strength that they don't have. And that will do them more good than anything you and I could ever imagine. So I want to close this, this up with, a, with another scripture and another story. Isaiah chapter 40 says this. Even young people will go through things, things in life that wear them down. Even young people will be exhausted. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And that word renew means to exchange. So we can take our lack of strength and exchange it for God's strength. That's grace. That's God's ability. That's God's power. And I love that phrase, wait on the Lord, because that means we're looking to God 
and saying, hey, I need your help. I need you to help me. And then one of the things that it says will happen is so cool. It says we'll rise up with wings like an eagle. And that's an incredible statement, guys. And some of you may know this, some of you may not. You know what eagles do? Uh, when there's this huge storm coming, eagles will fly into the storm. And when they get close to the storm, they spread their wings out. And the winds of the storm literally lift them way above the storm. And they end up soaring above the storm. So they're going through it, but they're going through it on top of it. And that's what the grace of God's like, kind of like going through it on top of it. And, you know, different times when I have flown, uh, there was one time we were landing, we went through a, th a thunderstorm. And that's spooky because lightning's like right outside your window and the, sh the plane's going like this. And it's pretty scary. And then there have been times when we're up, you know, 20, 30,000 feet and we're going over a storm and I see all the lightning, but I'm up in this peaceful, incredible air in that plane. And that's the difference. And that's what God's saying to you. The storms can be there, but I'll get you to a place to where you're soaring like the eagle far above the storm. And it's all about the grace of God. So I want to ask you a question as I close. You ready? Is this something that you and I can say, wow, I'm excited about it. Many of you have already benefited from it. Others, you're learning it. But is this something we can just take a minute and thank God for? Can we just let God know we're excited about his grace? Because I'm really excited about it, man. And I'm excited that you can have it in your life. And, and that's one of the things we pray. When we see you going through tough times, we're praying, God, flood them with your grace. Hey, let's close our eyes. Let's look up, because the Bible teaches us heaven's up. Let's look up as we pray. Is there something going on in your life right now? It's really hard. It's really frustrating you. It's bigger than you are. You're dry heaving. You're pushing and nothing's moving. Would you take a moment and would you just ask God to give you grace? ask him for his power and lord while they're praying i pray for them and i ask you to flood everyone in this room with your strength and your grace give them the ability to soar above it like an eagle lord god and i thank you for being god in every person's life i thank you for strengthening every person in this room now let's stay in an attitude of prayer but let's bow our heads so let's keep our eyes closed we're praying let's bow our heads and I want to give one more invitation for prayer. If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, you're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell, great weekend to be here. <laughs> we saw in communion, the Lord's Supper, that he died so we can live. And I love what Jesus said. When Jesus walked on the earth, man, he made it plain. He didn't mess around. Jesus is the coolest person that ever walked the planet. Jesus said this, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to heaven unless they go through me. He said, I'm the way to God. I'm the way to heaven. But he also said this, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. And I love the word whoever because it really doesn't matter who you are. You could be in here and be an agnostic and maybe you've talked bad about God. Maybe you've hated God. It really doesn't matter. If you say, God, I believe Jesus is your son and he died for me, he'll wash all your sins away. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to make sure you know what I'm not asking. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church. Those are all good things. But I'm asking you, have you personally, from your heart, asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior? And only God can open up your eyes to who He is. 
And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I, I can't remember a day when I did that, but I'm ready today to begin to follow him and do that. Would you pray with me? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everybody else, would you help those that are praying for the first time pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe everything the Bible says about you. I receive you as my Savior. And today, I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.